0: Higher education is one of the foundations of the North Country's economy. There are almost a dozen campuses providing jobs for faculty and staff and students who spend money here. But that foundation is fraying with declining enrollment, something that's happening nationwide. The community college in Watertown is reckoning with how to readjust to this new reality. JCC's restructuring on today's story of the day.
1: Support for Story of the Day comes from Claxton Hepburn Medical Center, dedicated to providing patient care and regional services to the people of St. Lawrence County. ClaxtonHepburn.org.
0: Hey, I'm David Summerstein. It's Thursday, October 12th. First up, a Washington County school's effort to keep its stereotypical native mascot may soon be coming to an end. According to the Albany Times-Union, Cambridge Central School made its case before a state appeals court Tuesday for its Indians mascot. But the judges said the arguments are likely moot because the state now prohibits indigenous-themed mascots at all schools statewide. Cambridge had retired the Indians mascot almost three years ago. But after local public outcry, a new school board reinstated it. Then the state education department stepped in a year later and forced the school to retire it again. Cambridge has been fighting in court ever since. More than 60 schools in New York have had to change their mascots by 2025 or risk losing state funding. Glens Falls, for example, recently went through a community-wide process to change its mascot from Indians to black bears. The appeals court's ruling on the Cambridge mascot is expected to come in the coming months. Declining student enrollments are hitting North Country colleges and universities hard. Last month, SUNY Potsdam officials announced major downsizing and layoffs after a 43 percent enrollment drop over the last decade. Jefferson Community College in Watertown is facing similar challenges, but it's taking a different approach to right-sizing a campus for fewer students. Katherine Wheeler reports.
2: Typically, community colleges see a boost in enrollment during hard economic times. People go back to school to try and advance their financial futures. But Jefferson Community College President Dan Dupie says that's not happening now.
1: We really haven't. I mean, that's not... Anything that is just JCC, you know, that is nationwide. Community colleges haven't seen the increases that we would see during a time where there's high inflation, economic challenges. Um, We just haven't seen it.
2: Unemployment has been low. So with more people working, fewer can go to college full time. That's trouble for JCC. Its enrollment of full time students has dropped 44 percent over the last decade. Duby says more students are going part-time. That's reflected in JCC's overall total of students.
1: But if you look in that study, you'll see that our head count hasn't gone down at those same rates. So our head count's down in the 20% range. So that's when you're seeing a lot more people coming part-time versus coming full-time.
2: What has the, the faculty staff numbers looked like over that same time period?
1: We've been fortunate for the most part to do our right sizing via attrition. Um, and we look at every year, okay, this is what we anticipate our student population to look like. This is what we anticipate our overall um, finances to look like at the end of the year. So can we fill these positions that are vacated? If we can't fill them, we don't fill them. We have to figure out how to shift the work to different areas or figure out what value does that work bring and can we still do that?
2: All that attrition caused another problem. When faculty and staff left their jobs, it wasn't even across all departments, leaving gaps in some academic areas and not others in sort of an ad hoc chain of command. A
1: lot of that came due to how we were dealing with as people left and not refilling those roles, having a structure in which people were shifting who they were reporting to on a constant basis for the most part because we did have a lot of uh, movement during that time.
2: So be commissioned an internal study to see what faculty and staff are thinking about the college's organizational structure or lack thereof.
1: This is trying to set up a, a um, more streamlined structure so that we don't have a lot of that chaos when somebody leaves not knowing where to report to. Um, you'll still always have that. If somebody leaves in the short run, you've got to figure out where people go. Um, and I think that that was a challenge, is that we just had a lot of that movement at one time.
2: The study showed that faculty and staff are concerned that the administration is too top-heavy and hasn't been deeply impacted by the attrition. They say they want a clearer organizational structure moving forward. dubey says after the study, they're looking to see how they can work with what they have now. One thing it doesn't include? Any impending layoffs or steep budget cuts. How do you move forward? Like, what are the next steps, and what's kind of the timeline?
1: We started right in when we got the study in May end of May, early June. We started looking at it from the administrative cabinet level. Um, that's kind of where we really looked at what was in the study, what it said. And we tried to take what was in there and tried to put that on paper from a structure standpoint, moving down through the organization. Um, and then we've been able to consistently, after we've put something on paper, we've taken it out to the entire campus community, being all full-time faculty and staff, and heard you know, back from them on what they saw and what changes we need to make. And we've made changes from there. And then we've kind of moved down again, and we're doing the next phase. And we, again, have open sessions, talk through it figure out what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. So I think right now we're looking at a timeline of hopefully having a final, finalized structure that we can move towards in the future. Um, we we want to have that to our board of trustees in December or January.
2: Dupie says they'll be working on changes at JCC for about six to seven more months after that. Because higher education is such an economic driver in the North Country, like it employs a lot of people and it also trains a lot of people. Are you concerned about, you know, what it's looking like out there and how that will impact like the broader economy of this region?
1: Well, I I mean, I think if you look at our region, you know, a lot of our roles and we we had a kind of a economic impact study and when you really look at our region it's federal government jobs, it's state jobs, it's very public service oriented. So absolutely as we lose you know jobs in this area that are associated with education, that's that's a huge concern for the area. So we want to keep We want students to come to college because we want them to, one, go out into the communities and and better our communities, um, but they also are an economic driver in this area.
0: That was Jefferson Community College President Dan Doopi speaking with Catherine Wheeler. There's a lot of hard news right now, so let's take a little mental health break. Last week, reporter Amy Feireisel was out canoe camping, and she ran into a few artists who were up here on a plein air retreat, essentially painting outside. They were set up on the boat launch to Middle Saranac Lake. They were in the Adirondacks as part of a retreat put on by Plein Air magazine. Rick Wilson is a professional artist from Indiana, and he was starting to add color to his painting after sketching in the landscape.
3: So that's where I'm at now. I'm laying some color in. Mix up a little sky, and I like to mix a little bit of uh, raw umber with my blue to gray it up a little bit just to cut the chroma a little bit so it's not so garish.
0: And you've taken some creative liberties with sort of the landscape, right? You've, you've painted out the dock and you've moved the mountain over.
3: That's right. I, the beauty of being an artist is, is um, artistic license. So where I'm sitting at right now, I'm at the edge of the creek. Uh, The mountain is just out of view, so I've kind of moved it to uh, help create a better composition. A lot of people paint with earbuds. I paint with traffic noise. (laughs) It's just so soothing, (laughs) especially the semis when they put their Jake brake on.
0: (laughs) You can see Wilson's final painting at ncpr.org. Hey, let's make sure everyone can enjoy these little moments of delight that North Country Public Radio is so well-known, nationally known really for, our audio postcards to soak in our beautiful outdoors. When you donate to our fall fundraiser right now at ncpr.org slash give, you're making sure everyone can soak up those sounds of the outdoors and the people enjoying it. Some people can't afford to give right now, and that's fine. So you can do a little work for them. Make your donation on behalf of someone who can't. Go to ncpr.org give and donate now so we can all bliss out on the outdoors via the radio. Thanks so much. Music today by Mark Corey of Watertown and Patricia Julian of Burlington. I'm David Summerstein, North Country Public Radio.